This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. Pittsburgh, your prayers have been answered. It shows the healing power of Jesus. You all hoped that the T.J. Watt injury would not be as bad as first suspected, and it's not. It's still not good. Apparently, the pec muscle was torn, but the tendon was not injured. Sounds like semantics to me. Sounds like a torn pec to me, but this is according to NFL insider Ian Rappaport. So if Watt misses the next six games and the Steelers come out of that 3-4 and four or 4-3, four and three, then maybe they can make something of his return. If they're 2-5, and five, well, I don't think it matters if he comes back or not. And there's some questions to be asked, too. How good is he going to be? Can he aggravate the injury? Or are they just pushing back surgery once he hurts it even worse? Uh, these and other questions will be answered. And God knows there's a lot of lying to be done between now and then. And it shouldn't Oh, by the way, this is Mark Madden. The Super Genius, this is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. I'm just so excited about T.J. Watt not being hurt that bad that I clean one past the usual introduction I make. Uh, but there's a lot of lying to be done by the time uh, T.J. Watt finally does come back. Uh, there's a lot of lying to be done by every NFL team when it comes to injuries, but even more so when it comes to the Steelers. But that's what Rappaport says. Torn peck, but the tendon's okay, out six weeks. And as I just uh, put forth, if they come back four and three or three and four, perhaps they can still make something of the season, although it should be noted that I never saw them as a playoff team in the first place, even with Watt healthy for all 17 games. And him being healthy for 17 games is a pipe dream that's already been shown up for being exactly that. Now, a few things have to happen for them to get by in these six games without T.J. Watt. And maybe Devin Bush, well, I don't think he's going to be the Devin Bush they drafted him to be in 2019 when they traded up to the 10th pick overall. But he was okay at Cincinnati. Not insanely great, but he was okay. He played better at Cincinnati than he did in any game last year. And that's after stinking in the preseason as well. To be honest, him playing well at Cincinnati is something that mostly came out of nowhere. Uh, 
Bush got stuck in the blocks. He played tough. Well, tough for him. Maybe not for Jack Lambert, but but it's a start. Uh, so maybe Bush can become more of a playmaker. Miles Jack played well in the middle on Sunday at Cincinnati. He's legit tough. He ain't Devin Bush pretend tough because you were tougher than you're usually tough. Miles Jack's just tough. Like, like Tomlin said, he's a football player, a linebacker rather. Tomlin said he's a linebacker 24-7, which got to be tough on his furniture at home. Uh, Spillane stinks, but like Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad. Uh, and then you got Fryermuth at tight end, 10 targets, 5 catches, and Trubisky didn't do it enough, but he used the middle of the field some, and the Steelers never did that last year. If, if you use the middle of the field with the big targets like Fryermuth and hopefully Claypool, moving forward, doing more with him than just the jet sweeps. That'll push the defense back just a little back, uh, a little bit, and the running game will have more of a chance, but with that offensive line, not much. And the Steelers did win at Cincinnati. Uh, first and foremost, they got the result, uh, but there were, like we've been talking about, a bunch of injuries. The diagnosis is still going on. The lying's still going on. Najee Harris says he's going to play. Tomlin said at his press conference that he has to prove it in practice. Um, Mason Cole, the center, also injured, but likely to play. Um, the offensive game plan had zero imagination, as in, boring, boring. But the Bush performance is progress, and so is the use of Fryermuth. But boy, what happened to that Pickens guy, the rookie? So great in camp and in the exhibitions, a non-factor at Cincinnati. Najee also a non-factor, and he got hurt, like we said. Pickett didn't play, so darn the luck. Um... And the defense was on the field 44 minutes. The Panthers took less time to get through Belgium. But the Steelers did cover. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And don't forget, this podcast is on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Now, the Steelers host New England for the Steelers' home opener. New England somehow favored by a point and a half at Acrisure. Hines tried to slip me money to keep calling it Hines Field, but I'm not going to, at least as far as you know. Uh, but... Um, I like the Steelers to 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 uh, win outright and get to two and zero. I'm joined now for my co-host on uh, the Mark Madden Unfiltered podcast. He is Tom Offerman. Tom, uh, you heard my gleeful reaction to T.J. Watt. Apparently, uh, will not die in vain. And in fact, um, well, first off, let me ask you this: Do you believe the report? Do you believe he's going to miss only six games? I don't think he's going to miss only six games. I actually think he won't be able to return until after the bye week, which would put him around seven, eight games of missed time. That's the earliest he can probably return is what Rap Report's reporting there. So I think that's the first lie in a long set of lies, the actual return date for TJ Watt. Well, hold it. I, now, now you're giving me, like, how many games did Rap Report say was going to miss? Six weeks. So six games. Okay, but but then Rappaport said likely after the bye week. Did, no, that's my opinion. Oh, okay. My opinion is it'll be. Yeah, after the I don't bye think week. you're going to rush him back. No, like there's one. Ga- then again, might depend what the record is though too. According to Rappaport, he's due back against the Eagles October 30th. That's the game before your bye. I would just hold off on that. Wait until the bye week and then bring him back in two weeks against the Saints at home. Just play it safe that way. Yeah, but if you don't bring him back for the Eagles game, who's going to stop Don Henley? Ah, that's so true. You're also not going to win the Super Bowl unless TJ Watt can play as many games as possible. So you might want to rush him back. Well, okay. Let's say he misses. <laughs> let's say he misses six games. Period. Okay. Okay. Six games. Okay. You have the schedule right there. In I front have the schedule you. right in front of me. What do you think their record will be uh, at the end of those six games, which will be seven games into the season in total? I think they're going to be three and four. They need to be four and three, but I think they're going to be three and four. 
I think that they're going to lose the swing game at Cleveland on Thursday night. Okay, let, let's go over the games one by one. I think they beat New England. They beat How New about England. I, I do think they lose to Cleveland. And that's the swing game. On the Thursday that's night game. That's between four and three and three and four right there. Be, because I just think that the, the Browns are a good team no matter who's at quarterback. Agreed. And I think they showed that in, in beating Carolina. Oh, especially Miles Garrett. He kicked Baker's ass all Sunday. He's going to kick a lot of ass, hopefully winning Defensive Player of the Year, as I've bet <laughs> at Bet Rivers uh, Futures. Okay, they beat the Jets, right? Yeah, absolutely. But wouldn't it just be Tomlin-esque to lose to the Jets? Yes, very much so. Zach Wilson's debut, he comes back and lights it up. Okay, at Buffalo, they just get murdered. Yeah, there's no ch- even with a healthy Watt, there's no chance they win that They game. could have two healthy Watts. No chance. Um, Same way for the Buccaneers game at home the next week. No chance. Really? Even at Pittsburgh? I don't think so. The last time Brady did come to Pittsburgh, the Steelers won. I just don't see that. I don't see them beating Tampa Bay. No, I I think you're probably right. They don't have the offensive firepower to put up the points necessary in that game. The defense gonna give up points to Brady, no question. So that would put them at three and three. Yes, and then they lose at Miami. They lose at Miami, three and four. That's that Cleveland game is the biggest game of this stretch. Might be well. I said. I said uh, when the schedule came out and the suspension got determined yeah, for Deshaun right. Watson that 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 game would make or break him because you can't lose to Jacoby Brissett and still think you're a contending team for contending for anything, however remotely. As far as Watt and his effectiveness when he comes back, that is such a bad injury. Even though he didn't, you know, whatever Rappaport said, experience the full tear of the tendon. You'd have to expect him to be limited initially and at risk for more injury. I mean, he's at risk for more injury regardless just because he's T.J. Watt. Now you have that lingering peck issue that you have to deal with. I don't see him being as 100% effective as he was in that Bengals game before he got hurt ever again this year. I think you're probably right. Uh that's one thing that we ignore when a guy comes back for an injury. Right, like, oh, he's just going to be 100% no matter what. Right. Well, if we're thinking properly, we understand that he won't be. But, but <laughs> when's the last time we thought properly regarding the Steelers and especially regarding, you know, T.J. Watt and his importance to the team, which, as I've said repeatedly, last year they went 9-4 and four when he played the whole game. They went 0-4-1 when he either didn't play or got hurt during the game. Okay, and we said, oh, look how important he is. He's Defensive Player of the Year, which he did win and did deserve. Now, this year he's out for six games, at least. But oh, it's no big deal. Next man up. I mean, which is it? Which is it? I don't care what opinion the great unwashed has. I just want them to be consistent with it. Yeah, well, if you're going to want people to be consistent, you're you're asking, you're barking up the wrong tree there. That'll never happen. It's whatever is more convenient for the fan base and the hoi polloi. Whatever makes them... Whatever they can spin themselves into believing that the Steelers will be successful in this six-game stretch without Watt, they'll say. And they'll try to talk themselves into it. Did I introduce you? I forget. Oh, yeah, you did. Okay, because like it should be noted, we're doing this podcast a second time because after we taped it the first time, uh, Ian Rappaport, damn Ian Rappaport. hate that guy. Damn him to hell, came up with this report. Uh, Isn't it amazing how the reports were all over the place? Schefter said he's out for the year. That was like the first tweet, right? Like right when the game ended, right? Schefter was like, Steelers think he tore his peck. He's done for the year. Schefter knows he doesn't have to be right. He just has to be first. Right, exactly. And then what did Florio say? Florio said like three or four weeks. Yeah, something about not a tear at all or just like a sprain peck or something like that. Uh, three to four uh, weeks. Uh, a strain peck. Strain peck. Something like that. And, and now you have uh, Rappaport came in with middle ground. I think Rappaport's the right one, though. TJ Watt also tweeted recently a gif of him saying, I'll be back the Arnold Schwarzenegger clip from the Terminator. T. 
TJ Watts like this, this you know good looking twenty seven year old who's a who's a you know uh, all pro football player set the sack record. If you tweet that I'll be Bach thing, you're not cool. <laughs> you're just not cool. Am I right? That's a very cliche thing to tweet. Yeah, it's just it's just you know I think TJ. By the way, we talked on on the X show about how Jake Gyllenhaal is going to play. Uh, the Patrick Swayze, the character, the bouncer, Dalton in Roadhouse. Ugh. I think T.J. Watt could play it. You think he'd be a better Dalton? I just think he'd get hurt during filming. <laughs> he'd break his knuckle on someone's face. No, he'd throw it, tear, tear his pack out. My, <laughs> my, uh, I think T.J. Watt should lead the team onto the field for the home opener, waving a terrible towel, except he might blow out you know, the other pack. The other pack, yeah, you can't risk that. Now, what did you think of, uh, in my, my opening screed, that Devin Bush could uh, kind of fill in the blanks with... Uh, with Watt being out. He could, but I just not, don't not think all he will. the blanks. Not right. all the blanks. I'm just saying, you know, if he could just rev it up even a little bit more and get the occasional takeaway. Yes. You know, then then that would go a long way. Not gonna expect that from him though. I I've said for weeks now on podcasts I've done and stuff that I'm done believing Devin Bush is gonna be a top ten pick caliber player. He's not gonna be a superstar. Above average is all you can ask for for Devin Bush now. And that's what you got on Sunday. Really, we didn't even get that far above average, Tom. He was pretty good, but he was only pretty good because we're used to him being terrible. <laughs> right. Like, 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 the bar is very low. If he would have played to, to what his potential was thought to be when they traded up to draft him 10th overall, Sunday's game would have been thought of as slightly below average, not slightly above average. Right. We would be sitting on this podcast going, where the heck was Devin Bush? He only had five tackles. He's got to do more. Yeah, he's got to get a turnover. Everybody else is getting a turnover. Why isn't Bush getting one? Well, you made a good point on the, on the first uh, taping of this podcast. Podcast, which is, uh, he only played half the snaps. Yeah, 51 snaps out of a possible 100. Less now, is more with Devin Bush. Now, did he get subbed off because of sub packages or because they were just rotating? What do you uh, think? It was sub packages because the corners and the defensive backs played more than Spillane. Spillane didn't play that much either. What sub packages Spillane involved in? Why? What, what was he out there for? He should not be involved in any sub packages. Well, no, but, you, but he has to play. I don't think he's involved in any sub package. I think he's just a rotational piece. I think he just slides in for Jack or Bush. To give them a blow. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't play every snap. I mean, Terrell Edmonds played every snap, didn't he? So did Manka. That's incredible. That's 100 snaps of football. And you're thinking, well, they play safety, except Minka made 14 he, tackles he was, and, and blocked take, an extra point. Taking heads off Had of a pick too. six. And, and Terrell Edmonds had that one real big hit, remember? Yeah, Edmonds played well, too. He's he, not, missed, he missed a couple tackles. Edmonds isn't a bad player. If you drafted him in the third round, maybe even the second, to be saying how well he's turned out. Yeah, it'd be a, a diamond in the rough for the Steelers. Look at how reliable he is. He's the opposite of T.J. Watt. He never gets hurt. What was your take on the offensive game plan, especially involving Fryermuth in the middle of the field more? They need to do that a lot more. I like that they did it out of desperation in the overtime period when they were trying to get into field goal range for Boswell's second attempt, and it worked. So go back to that well more often throughout the game. That's that's going to be their bread and butter if there is going to be a bread and butter for the offense. The running game was terrible. They weren't creative enough. And you mentioned in the first statement of this podcast that Mitch Trubisky did not look like he did in the preseason, and the receivers didn't look like they did in the preseason, Pickens particularly. Well, that's just probably because they were going up against the defense that actually game-planned against them, right? That's not as vanilla and just basic as a one-on-one yeah, matchup but, but, anymore. but I didn't sense that, that 
that that Mitch was looking for Pickens either because agreed. I, I, like I, somebody said, I forget which of the five thousand analysts uh, <laughs> covering the Steelers said, but but said that Pick, Pickens was a bit, was open on some routes and and Mitch just didn't find him. And pre snap, he had one on one matchups that were favorable that they just never really looked towards that end of the field. So you got to get Pickens way more involved in the offense. You'd assume that. Deontay had a pretty good first game, especially the last catch he had in the overtime period. Chase was a pretty good contributor. You'd think that he'd be the third person that the opposing defense would take away in the receiving core, which would make you think that Pickens is going to be open a lot. So you got to utilize I him don't more. know, though, Tom. Everybody saw that preseason. But then everybody saw this week one against Cincinnati, too. You know what's, you know what's funny? We all wanted like more jet sweep and stuff like that. Claypool did six jet sweeps and became predictable. Yes. Uh, they they threw the middle of the field. I like that. They didn't look for pickings. Uh, they they used some double tight. I mean, there was probably more I liked about the offense than I give it credit for just at a mental glance. Right. But uh, but boy, it just looked disorganized. Although to be fair, it's Mitch's first real game. It's Canada's first real game because let's face it, last year he wasn't the coordinator. Not really. Ben was. Yeah, and you hope that you see a little bit of a more you know push the ball down the field type of offense against the Patriots. You have to attack down the field more. Uh, but I, I'm not confident that you will see that. I don't know if they trust Mitch Trubisky. I don't know if they're going to give him the keys, not in a Ben way, but in enough way where he can feel comfortable taking risks, force balls downfield, Well, like he did in the overtime. Well, they didn't make any turnovers, but then again, they were plus five on takeaways. That's the creed, right? Above all else. And Don't they, turn and the they, ball And over. they should have lost. Yes. I mean, think about it. They were plus five in takeaways, and they should have lost. I I think I saw in a graphic on the broadcast that hadn't happened since, what, 2010? Yeah, it's an, an absurd amount of time that yeah. the last time that happened. So I think you've got to open up a bit more. I think you have to, like Rex Ryan says, no risk it, no biscuit. I think you have to... I'm not saying you have to go crazy and put the ball at risk, but I think you have to take some amount of risk, don't you? I mean, yeah. I mean, there was one point in the game they had what, like three interceptions and eight sacks, and they were up by three points. Like that's that doesn't add up, and it won't happen again. Yeah, you can't repeat that. Yeah, I mean, you can't count on five takeaways. Period. No. If 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 if, if um, and I know it's always every football game is a bunch of of, of big moments and what ifs. But if Burrow doesn't throw the pick six, the Bengals win that game handily. You think so? Yeah. If they just you know three and out there, punt it away and just keep I think the game they, in control. I think they I think I think they dug themselves a hole and never quite dug their way out, even though they came as close as you possibly can. Even though he threw four picks, man, is Joe Burrow a bad dude? Three hundred thirty yards, two touch, and he he did lead the game winning touchdown drive. And like, Jamar Chase had the quietest ten catch game. Oh, 130 yards or something like that. T, when T. Higgins got hurt, that was big. It's the fact that Chase was still able to dominate, though, just shows how special he is. Bad coaching, though, for the Bengals, too. Chase scored a touchdown on that first uh, pylon catch that he had, and they just decided not to even look at it. And yeah, then again, the Hackett guy for... Uh, it wasn't for, a great for, display of coaching around for, the NFL. For, Den- for, Den- for Denver, made 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 uh, Zach Taylor look like uh, Chuck Knoll. I mean, for heaven's sakes. Although you know, everybody I know that that covers the uh, Steelers, which means you also, by extension, cover the AFC North. They say that Zach Taylor's a liability, and I I tend to think that's maybe a bit of an overstatement, but but not much. No, I I think that if he underachieves this year. He might get next year just because, you know, good faith of getting to the AFC Championship game and winning it a year prior. But his seat or his leash won't be very long. They're not going to waste his, uh, they're not going to waste time with Joe Burrow with a, a, a below average coach like him. So, okay. So let, let's, let's really square up again on the TJ Watt thing. Rappaport says 
He'll miss six games. Six weeks, so six games. Yeah. You say he'll he'll be out through the bye. Yeah, I think that's the same. How many way to games go about is that? It. He'll miss seven games if he's out through the bye because he'll miss that Eagles game. And how good do you think he'll be when he gets back? I don't think he'll be his 100% self. I think we'll get like 80, 85% TJ Watt. Okay, here's my prediction. He will come back after six games. So he'll play that Eagles game in your mind. Yes, he will get hurt again quickly and miss the season after that. (laughs) I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm just saying he now is in that injury web his brother got caught in. And I said it would happen. I said it would happen. We we treat football players and all athletes really like racehorses. And we, you know, put so much credence in bloodlines... So if you put so much credence in T.J. Watt that he's going to be a great player because he's J.J.'s brother, and that was a big part of how early he got drafted, then you got to figure he's going to have an injury history in the later stages of his career like J.J. had. So you think we've seen the best T.J. Watt we're going to see because of injury, not because of his own shortcomings? I think we've seen the most of T.J. Watt we're going to see. I think look at J.J. Even when J.J. got hurt all the time, he would come back and play brilliant in flashes. Oh yeah, you know what he had, and he played the one full season, right? Uh, Since the injury streak, I think so, and he had double digit sacks. Yeah, yeah. So he, you know, but and if TJ can stay healthy, he's still going to be among the best double digit players in the league. Yeah, I just, I just don't think that uh, that uh, it's going to be a. I think he'll be lucky to ever play a full season again. Wow. Yeah, and he didn't didn't play a full season last year. I'm talking totally out of my backside on that one, but that's just what it feels like. (laughs) Well, we'll get back to football in a second, but it's time for the. A very popular Five Guys segment. What is today's topic? This is right in your wheelhouse today. I'm going with side characters in that 70s show. Well, that's tremendous. My, one of my three favorite TV shows ever. In fact, arguably my favorite, and definitely the one I watched the most. So we're obviously not going with any of the feature players here. We're all, Bob, Midge, those guys are in almost every episode. Right, we're right. not going with them. Right. If you're a regular, yeah. a recurring character and a regular is different. Now here is this, the first one. He was a recurring character, but then became a regular later in the show. Oh, Leo. Leo. Yeah, but how could you not include Tommy? Well, John? yeah, because they brought Leo back as a regular, like for the last couple seasons, because he even made it into the video. Yeah, uh, the, the credits at the beginning. The credits right? at the beginning. Yeah. yeah, singing the song. When they, that was when they changed the the opening montage. When they had everybody sing a verse individually instead right. of the kids in the car. Um, but yeah, by that time Kelso had left and Topher Grace had left. So uh, I think that's why they they put and they put uh, Seth Meyers' brother. Josh, he played <laughs> Randy. Right, he played Randy. Right, right. Whenever I have Seth Myers on the show, I always say he's my second favorite Myers. <laughs> Even though that Randy character was was a disaster. You know, they originally wanted to cast Josh Myers as Eric. They wanted to recast Ooh, Eric. just a total recast and pretend like nothing happened. Right, exactly. But oh. they just said, ah, that's not going to work. Would not have played. In your, in your opinion, would that have played? Not for me, it wouldn't no. have, no. So, uh, Leo was great. Uh, Tommy Chong, first, he's one of the funniest guys yeah. ever. Great comedian. And the way he pulled off the stoner vibe, which comes very honestly to him, obviously, uh, it just was like, I would like when he'd talk to Red. Like, oh, like, there's dynamic between I each remember other. when, when, uh, when uh, he knocked on the door, when Red was going to kick Hyde out because he got caught with pot, but it was Jackie's <laughs> pot. Uh, Red answers the door and Leo's there and he goes, oh, good, the hippie. <laughs> And uh, it just, yeah, a great recurring character, no question. The photo hut is such a perfect job for him, too, to be yes. the owner and operator of the photo hut. It would be great when Hyde would be working and he would show up and Hyde would be like, where you been, Leo? He'd be like, oh, no, man, I didn't know I had to work today. Well, and then and then, uh, and then uh, Fez worked there briefly, but they fired him because <laughs> he wanted to actually do work. Okay, who's next? Casey Kelso, played by Luke Wilson. A tremendous character, uh, although... 
One of the things where you have to suspend disbelief, the character Casey was, he would have slept with Donna. And somehow they never slept together. At least that was certainly implied. Like he wouldn't have been patient enough to wait for Donna. Oh, not like at all. Like he did in the show. Not at all. Well, maybe he wasn't well, waiting not, for her. Maybe well, he was uh, doing stuff on the side. Yeah, or maybe just... Well, anyway, that's the part about suspending disbelief. Yes. I remember when he and Donna got a hotel room and uh, Eric went over to stop them. But then he knocked on the door, and it was the wrong door. Leo was there with his hoochie mamas, as Donna said. But Hyde <laughs> later went and pulled the fire alarm and, and got Don and Casey out of there. Casey Kelso was a great character. Luke Wilson's just a great actor to pull in and, and be as a recurring guest. Well, and Kitty had the crush on him, Kitty too. Had a cr- had, she almost had the dream where she kissed him, right? Right, and exactly. exactly. And then you'll recall... Um, the bad boy, Casey Kelso. Don, Donna's bachelor party, Casey Kelso was the MC at the, at the, uh, at the, at the male strip joint. That's right. He was the strip club yes, bartender, and, and he was the gym teacher when Eric had to had to pass PE to graduate from high school. What was the episode two where Donna and Eric were at the trailer park? Was it a future for, oh, yeah, no, flash that, forward? Or no, was no, it, that was when they were looking at the trailer, which is where they were going to live if they got married. And Casey climbed out of the and window. Casey climbed out of the window because he was sleeping <laughs> with some guy's wife. Yeah. All right, number three, Roy Keane. Played by Jim Gaffigan, manager at Point Place Hotel. Very um, subtle character, but I loved him. And not not there long. No, seven episodes. And had some great some great uh, punchlines. Yes. Yeah, he was good. Uh, just his his constant uh, vulnerability. Nobody's had nobody on that show had the constant vulnerability he did. And his like interaction with Shannon Elizabeth when uh, when she was a recurring character, like how he just would always like just get flustered. I love you. Or when she he met Jackie for the first time. And Hyde was like, what happened, man? You left town after a while. And he was like, yeah, I moved in with a very lovely lady. Oh, what happened? She found out I was living with her. Right, exactly. And he's like, she's not very good with people. And he's like, you don't like me, do you, Jackie? And she's like, no, I really don't like you. He's like, see? But then they smoke pot together and Hyde gets a job. Well, did you know that, uh, I bet he this guy's not on your list. You know who was on for like two or three episodes and they decided he didn't work in the show was Mitch Hedberg. What character did he play? He played, he was the guy who worked at the counter at the hub. At the, at the hangout. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could see him not working. No, it, it didn't work, but it was a good try. But he's a great comedian. I'm glad. Oh, a great comedian. No question. And he was basically, like Mitch Hedberg always did, he was in his, like, he's always playing himself. Right. So they did that, and that's what didn't quite work. But how could you bring Mitch Hedberg in and not have him play himself? Number four, Bay Sigurdsson, Betty White, Kitty's mom. Just a mean woman, a nasty woman, and, and, and equally mean was uh, was Red's, Red's mother, mom, yeah. who was played by Marion Ross from Happy Days, and and they both. Uh, I don't think, uh, I don't think that that Kitty's mom ever died, did she? Like on the show? No, I don't believe but, so. But Marion Ross did Red's mom. Yes, because remember Red's nerdy crybaby brother came back to divvy up the inheritance, and it didn't go too good as far as. Red was concerned. Betty White was like that sneaky mean, though. She was the the nicest person on the surface, but would just cut you with those deep jabs, like those one liners, especially to Kitty. Like when when Eric told when Eric and Donna told uh, told her that they were engaged, she goes, "Well, I guess this is a small town." <laughs> and finally, how can I not put him on there? It's Eric's arch nemesis, Mitch Miller, played by Seth Green. Oh, yeah, he, uh, Mitch <laughs> he takes, Miller. He that, takes Donna out to the wedding. Uh, Point Place Pioneer. Yeah. Was it Pioneer Paul Bunyan Days? Paul Bunyan Days was yeah, the first yeah. step. And his dad was played by Fred Willard in that w- episode. Was tremendous. Yeah. Was tremendous. Why do you need assless chaps? Because I go to a motel and I just cry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but he loved Donna. He had a crush on Donna, always trying to steal Donna. Well, you know, one of the hidden storylines from that 70s show, which they. Which they did. They were originally going to have, you know, Hyde hit on Donna the first year. There were a couple episodes where Hyde 
got with Donna, right? No, 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 never did. He she never always, did. Okay. She always shut him down. But he had a crush on her. But they were they were going to continue that, like Hyde trying to steal um, Donna from Eric, but it, it tested badly with the audiences because Hyde and Eric are best friends. Well, yeah, but I've seen that happen, <laughs> you know. But those two, I mean, come on, they're peas in a pod. He's living in Eric's basement for God's sake, which would have made it awkward to be yes. sure. Yes, uh, you know who? Um, you know, you left out. You left out Shannon Elizabeth. There's a ton of people I left is, out. Is is who? Uh, Jessica Simpson. One person I left out too that I was thinking about putting in was Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave was a hilarious character. He was a hilarious character. But you know, you left out. I think the all time. Um, not the all-time, but one of the best uh, recurring characters, Mary Tyler Moore. Mm. Uh, and don't forget, Mary Tyler Moore is one of the greatest TV stars yes. in history. You know, with the Mary Tyler Moore show and the Dick Van Dyke show, and that was her last run. That was the last TV show she ever did. Yes, that was wow. the last TV show she ever did. What was her name? It was, uh, she was the host of, of uh, What's Up, Wisconsin, <laughs> and and Jackie was her, uh, yeah, right. was her, uh, was her, uh, I don't know, secretary, receptionist, whatever it was. One of my, one of my, uh, I remember when Jackie said to her one day, "You are a mean, evil woman with with the hole where your heart should be." And she goes, "You'll have to do better than that, my dear." I have a coffee mug that says that. <laughs> Christine St. George. Christine St. George. What's up, Wisconsin? <laughs> yeah, that was just. And you know what, what's great about that was? Are you familiar with the Mary Tyler Moore Show? I know of it because it's so it's so Ma- prominent. Mary Richards. That was her character, Mary Richards. Christine St. George was the evil Mary Richards. She had a lot of the same mannerisms, <laughs> obviously looked the same, right? She was like Mary Richards of Mary Richards had gone insane. Who's your favorite of the side characters, recurring guests? Is it Leo? It's got to be Leo. No, I, I, see, I have such respect for what Mary Tyler Moore did on TV, even though that's off your Just board. Just seeing her in that. Yeah, yeah. And she and was I, later, too. It was like season eight, I think. Season seven. Seven. Because Kelso was, I think Kelso was still there. Still around, okay. I think it had to be season, I, I might be wrong. It was either seven was or eight. It was a later eight. season. Though. Seven or eight. Uh, I will say, too, that like uh, when Jessica Simpson was on as, uh, as um, Annette, Kelso's California girlfriend, she might have been at that time. There was a window where she was the best looking woman in the world. Like when she was Dukes of Hazard hot from that movie where she really like worked hard. That's the girl that Kelso fell for in California, right? Yes, when he exactly. Road tripped with Don Adams. But she wouldn't place. sleep with him either. No. <laughs> um, and then uh, also Shannon Elizabeth, who Kelso knocked up from American Pie, who was just just incredible looking, just incredible. So this was good. I, I'm sure most people stopped listening that aren't that 70s show fans. But it's, it's one of the best sitcoms ever, though. You know, I, it's my favorite one. I, I know it's your favorite, but seriously, like I don't know how you wouldn't have at least tried to watch it one way through. You know, what so I've co- you know what I've come to realize, though, is that I uh, have now watched, I think, every Friends episode. Uh, I'm not a Friends fan. But it's on late at night. All the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I've watched just about every Seinfeld episode. Oh, I've seen those a thousand times. I've come to realize, though, I prefer that 70s show to Seinfeld. Maybe because I grew up in the 70s, but it's just, you know, it's just so good. Well, anyway, that's five guys. That was Tom Offerman. I'm Mark Madden. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, BetRivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.